Good morning, Wisconsin. Welcome, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So glad to have you with us on a very cold morning. It is zero degrees here at our studio, actually minus 0.4. Today is the worst day. It gets better. I love Jane's uh, response. It's going to be springtime. It's going to be up to 38 by Tuesday. Of course, we'll get a rain-snow mix, but um, it's, it's, I think the worst is now, we're in the middle of the worst. It will start to get better. Stay inside if you possibly can, um, unless you happen to work for one of the local TV stations, in which case they will send you as a reporter off to stand in front of places where stuff might happen five, six, seven, eight hours from now, um, and you get to stand out in the cold. I have never understood that. It's like when you have the huge weather situations, like there's hurricanes or whatever, and you have the poor people from the Weather Channel who are telling everybody else, stay inside but they put them outside watching power lines come down and all it's like all right you know why why do you need i understand they say it's setting the scene but come on all right we've got a lot of stuff coming up on today's program during the eleven thirty um segment we we kick off the all new and improved week in review um i'm going to be joined by two guest panel two panelists they're going to be regulars um they, they are perhaps not new to the area um, because we've been on TV together a lot, but maybe new on the radio, and I'm excited about that. It's coming up at 11.30. We also will be putting that up on Facebook Live, and after the stuff that went on Chicago in Chicago the last couple of days, Facebook Live is getting a lot of attention. And coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, a local television station implies that We Energies is responsible for a death that was discovered in the last day or two. We're going to talk about that as well, but today we start off the program like we start off every program with what I call three big things. Stories I think you need to know about and you need to be willing to and able to discuss when you go into work, talk about them at the coffee uh, pot, talk about them at the water cooler, talk about them at lunch. Three interesting stories. I call them three big things. Number three today and the way we start off the program is... The Postal Service. Now, if you are a regular listener of this program, you should know that I'm a big fan of the Postal Service, and I know we have a lot of mail carriers, for example, that listen to the show while they're they're on their route. And the Postal Service, there's no question, it has been struggling over the years. It's... Fewer people send letters nowadays. You know, we have emails, so people don't write letters. And there's more competition. You have the Postal Service, but you also have, you know, UPS. You have all the other diff- FedEx, all the different delivery things. And as a result, what's happened is that the amount of packages and the amount of money being spent at the Postal Service has, has declined. Matter of fact, the number of postal workers has fallen by about 44% since 2000. And in many cases, I, this is not the fault of the workers. I also don't think the U.S. Postal Service is particularly well-managed, and I think that's led to a number of the decisions and a number of the problems they've had as well. So I'm a fan of the Postal Service. But at the same time, I'm also a fan of convenience. During yesterday's program, we talked about how a number of traditional retailers are, are now closing shop. I mean, Macy's announces that they're closing, what, 68 stores. Uh, you've got Sears and Kmart that announces that they're going to be closing all these different stores. The Limited, which has been an institution around here on a local level, they're closing their stores. And, and the problem is, I think many of these businesses just haven't adapted to the new model. The Internet's out there. People want convenience. So here's the story involving the Postal Service. About a year and a half ago, the Postal Service 
made an arrangement with Staples. Staples is one of the big office supply stores. And what they were doing is they called this the Retail Partner Expansion Program. And what they did is they essentially put mini post offices in various staple stores across the country. So these mini post offices would sell things like stamps, priority mail, priority mail express, and package handling. You know, they didn't do money orders or post office boxes, but if you you needed something, instead of going to a post office, you needed stamps or you wanted to use priority express mail or whatever, you could go to the, the staple store. And these these little mini post offices were staffed by Staples employees. But the idea was we're going to make it more convenient for people because there's a lot of times when maybe you need to buy stamps. We want to encourage you to use the U.S. postal system, but it's not convenient to go to the post office. But, you know, Staples stores, some of them might be open 24 hours a day or 18 hours a day. You know, you're in the Staples store. You can use that as a post office. Well, the Postal Employees Union screamed bloody murder. They said, oh, this is, this, is, this is terrible. You are privatizing this. This is awful. And yes, it's going to be more convenient for customers, but you have to stop this. And they ended up filing a grievance with uh, a National Labor Relations Board. And you had one administrative law judge who issued an order saying, nope, I am not going to allow the Postal Service to continue to pursue its relationship with Staples. In other words, you are going to have to pull all these mini post offices from Staples stores. As a result, from the perspective of consumers, well, now if you want to use the postal service thing, you got to go to the post office. I want to open up the phone lines on big story number three, 414 799 1620. 800 877 1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage toll free talk line. All right. Should the Postal Service be able to pursue these type of arrangements? If, if they think that there is a need from a consumer perspective, you know, should you be able to go into a, a Staples or you know, an Office Max or whatever and buy stamps and buy some of these other things? Is that a reasonable thing, and is that a way to actually increase business for the Postal Service? Is this something that makes sense, and should they be pursuing it? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. I don't know about you, but I tell you, in all honesty, I going to the post office, and I hate to say this, but it's— it is not necessarily a pleasant experience. The post office I go to, the stamp machines frequently don't work. It is frequently understaffed, so the lines are long, particularly at busy times. And on top of that, the hours are not necessarily convenient. They open later than I think they should in general, except around Christmas. You know, they close at 6 o'clock. Wouldn't it make sense to be allowed to use these businesses? 414-799-1620 is number. We discuss big story number three in two minutes. Stick around. And if you're on the line, please hold on. I know we have a lot of listeners who are postal workers. The business has changed dramatically. Big story number three is the Postal Service had cut a deal with Staples to put mini post offices inside Staples stores that would be open when the Staples stores are open. They have now decided they are going to, after an administrative law judge ruling, pull all those stores out. Is this good for consumers? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. John in Whitewater. John, good morning. You're first. 
John. Uh, about 10 years ago, the uh, post office in Janesville had a self-service kiosk. Okay. John? Okay, I'm sorry, but John, we lost John's call there. He said they had a self-service kiosk. You know, it's 414-799-1620, Here, Here's the thing. People want convenience. People want to, one of the reasons why, you know, I think these brick-and-mortar stores are, are struggling is because people want to shop when they want to shop. They want things to be easy. And the reality is going to the post office a lot of times is not easy. And so, look, I, I understand. I don't want to see anybody lose their jobs. I, I really don't. But at the same time, if you want to encourage people to use the postal service, doesn't it make it sense doesn't it make sense to make it easy for people to access it by putting it, for example, putting many post offices in stores where people are going to be? Steve in Oshkosh. Steve, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Morning, Jeff. What do you think? Um, I really don't want to politicize this, but I'm going to. I would bet a dollar to a dime that this individual who brought this ruling down is a liberal, very sympathetic to the union. And secondly, this model already exists. There are places where you you can go in, buy stamps, mail packages, do whatever you need to do. So it seems to me a precedent has been set. And I don't know if this guy is uh, asleep at the wheel, doesn't know that. But it seems to me, again, it's just a matter of uh, inconveniencing the public for uh, siding with the... Uh, well, let's see. Let me, let me give you a local example of it, too. The DNR in Wisconsin... Um, you, you can now you can go to Fleet Farm, for example, and, and you can get you know you can get licenses and things like that. You know you can get your hunting licenses. You know you don't have to go to DNR offices or whatever. This is it is just a matter of making it more convenient for the consumers to be able to do this. And from a business perspective, I guess don't you want to make it as easy as possible for people to use your services? Well, you, you hit it on the head. Uh, the model is changing, and this individual is certainly not with the time. Right. Now, um, yeah. No. Thanks. For, I mean, look, and again, I, I, this is not a knock on the post, but I will tell you. Like I said, the local post office I go to, it's it's difficult. The hours are not necessarily convenient. They're not open evenings. The local post office I go to, I don't think it opens up until nine o'clock in the morning, so it's not there. If you want to go before work, it's understaffed. There's long lines a lot of times when it goes there. The vending machines that sell stamps frequently are out of order, so you have no choice but get in the lines. They, they make it, it – it is just it is just difficult to use the services at a time where, well, we, don't we want to make it easy? Roberta in Milwaukee. Roberta, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Hi. Good morning, Jeff. Um, I disagree. Uh, we need to keep jobs. That's the big problem. we got too many people on welfare. They don't have money. It's ridiculous. You go into a grocery store, same thing. You can't, there's automatic checkouts. Mm -hmm. There's only one checker up there. Where did all the other people go now who don't have jobs? Well, this is a, very upsetting. Well, but the, but the flip side, though, Roberta, is people people aren't using the post office, the postal services, you know, if, and, and that's the thing that that's one of the other, that's the flip side is that's one of the things that's costing jobs is that people aren't using their, their mail sorting systems. They're not using the express mail thing. And part of the reason I believe is because it's not easy to do that. Um, yes, you, you might lose a couple counter people, but if you don't make it easy to send stuff through the postal service, aren't you going to be losing other people, you know, in the system? I go to the post office all the time. I faithfully use it, and I go buy my stamps there. I send my packages there. I pick up packages there. 
I don't have a problem. But they need and more I'm, people I'm, like you. See, the problem, though, Roberta, is a lot of people aren't you like you, and they're not doing like, that. That's the, Well, I work I work full-time, and I yeah. still find time yeah. to go to the post office, and I it, it, it's people. I worry about it. We need jobs. Well, I, and I, that's, that's I, convenience, convenience. Look at the big outlet thing they built in Kenosha now. It's everybody's online because they want convenience, convenience. We need to go back and think about people, what, you know, what is, I don't know. I know what. I see, I get, see. I understand what you're saying, Roberta. But I, I mean, I, this is the world in 2017. I mean, you see that announcement yesterday. Macy's is closing. They're they're getting rid of like ten, closing various stores, not all their stores. They're they're cutting ten thousand jobs. Sears and Kmart are closing stores all over. Now, there's a lot of different reasons, but one of the big reasons is that that idea of convenience. People are shopping on the internet. People aren't going to the brick and mortar stores. People want the convenience. The stuff is only a couple clicks away. So businesses, if they're going to stay viable, they end up having to adapt. And I, I understand, on the one hand, you're saying, well, if you if you allow this to happen, if people don't have to go to the post office to send express mail packages but can do it at Staples, maybe you'll need fewer people behind the counter at the post office. Oh, okay, maybe. But you're still going to need postal employees to handle those packages and things like that. It's not like the Staples employees are, are doing that. And I guess... It seems to me it's a chicken and egg thing. All right, maybe maybe it will cost you a couple jobs behind the counter, but if that saves jobs of the people who are actually handling the packages because more people use it, doesn't that make it worth it? Jim in Lake Geneva. Jim, you're on 620 WTMJ. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Hi, Jim. Uh, I am a uh, retired postal employee, and um, I think uh, your original comment about what's going on is uh, exactly correct. It's actually the unions that are driving all this. There's like three or four different unions involved with the Postal Service. And if it means losing a job to a non-postal employee, i.e., you know, moving the services to Staples or whatever, they're going to be all over it. Right. And they're going to shut it down immediately. Right. But I guess, the and, and see, and of course, that's what that's what this was all about. But if if... The thing is, those jobs might be lost one way or the other, because if you make it too difficult or people decide that they're not just going to go into the physically into the post office anymore, so they're not going to send packages, you're going to lose postal jobs anyways, witnessed by the fact that what the number of postal employees is down 44 percent in the last 15 years. It's happening anyways. The Postal Service is, I think, maybe just trying to find ways to keep the entire business viable. Well, yeah, you know, you know that's true. And the problem with the postal service is that it's sort of like a, you know, a rare entity in the government. Um, right. It is, you know, it is a federal service, but it's not funded by the government. Right. And it's actually mandated by Congress to fund seven years worth of retirement right. and pension benefits, which yes. really puts them in the hole. Yes, and and, and of course you, you piled, can't. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you piled the union on top of that in their demands. And um, it's a disaster. It needs to be privatized. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thank, well, thanks. And that from from a former from a retired postal employee. No, thanks to the perspective. And, and and you're right. I mean, it, it's the pension stuff. It's the fact that it's it's neither fish nor fowl. By that I mean you, you're right. It's. It's it's not run. It's not government owned. It's not private. But for example, if, if you want to. In Milwaukee, what they tried to do a while back is they tried to close some failing post offices, post offices that were were drags, that were not paying the freight for themselves. And you have all these politicians that scream, oh, you can't close that 
post office means people have to go an extra six blocks to the next post office. And so, you know, the government would get involved. Whereas if you were in private business, if I ran a series of gas stations, for example, and I had three gas stations in a 15-block radius, and the ones on either extreme were doing really well, and the one in the middle was not doing well, I'd close the one that wasn't doing well. I mean, that's the business. But in the postal service, you can't do it. In any event, big story number three, I I think this is actually going to ultimately hurt them. But they've now been ordered, and they've agreed to pull all the mini post offices out of the staple stores. We'll see where this goes. Big story number two coming up in two minutes. Stick around. Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. So glad to have you with us. Big story of the day number two. We have finally found something where I think Republicans and Democrats, conservatives and liberals in the state of Wisconsin can agree on. Yesterday, Governor Walker announcing he's calling a special session of the state legislature to deal with opioid abuse. Um, this has been a huge problem. More and more kids who get started by going into their parents' uh, medicine cabinets, taking prescription pills, get addicted to the stuff, and then once they can't get the prescription pills, turning to harder drugs like turning to heroin to fill their habits and stuff, special session of the legislature to look at uh, allowing greater access and greater ability to administer some anti-overdose drugs, um, providing limited immunity for those who overdose on heroin so people can call 911 without having to worry about criminal activity, requiring prescriptions for certain types of codeine and um, other types of treatment programs. All of these things are great ideas, and it's something that the legislature, both Republicans and Democrats, should agree on. Here's the hook, the big story number two, though. The reality is this is not something that government can stop. The reality is this starts at home. Like I say, the way heroin use has evolved, it's different than when I was chasing drug dealers 25 years ago. Nowadays, more and more of the people who are addicted, like I say, they start by going into mom and dad's medicine cabinet by taking pills. They then get addicted, and then they're running down to Chicago, and you know they're buying small quantities of heroin, and they're bringing it back up to, to share. There is a law enforcement approach. There is a government approach. But the bottom line is this starts at home. And it starts with mom and dad monitoring their prescription drugs, making sure that kids don't have access to those prescription drugs, and helping keep the kids straight. That is a start. Government can help, but government is not the solution. Big thing number one that you need to know about to discuss this story out of Chicago and the reaction to it. You you have perhaps seen the video by now. I think most people have heard the story this involves the, the brutal, brutal kidnapping and attack of a disabled white man by four people, two eight, three 18-year-olds and a 24-year-old, one African-American woman, woman, three black men. It's a horrible story. The police found the victim um, walking 5.15 p.m. Tuesday, injured, confused, wearing little clothing despite the freezing temperatures. What had apparently happened in this particular situation was that the victim, who was mentally disabled, was known, was a supposed friend, with friends like this, what can you say, of an 18-year-old guy who made arrangements, hey, I'm going to meet him, he's going to stay over at my house overnight. And so what happened is the victim's parents you know, dropped the kid off, the guy off at a McDonald's, and then... 
He was met by one of these men driving a stolen car. They took him back to an apartment where, over the course of the next two days, they proceeded to torture him in every imaginable fashion, making him drink out of a toilet bowl, cutting him, assaulting him, along the way screaming about how they hated white people and blank Donald Trump and all these different types of things. Ultimately, the way the guy was able to escape is apparently during the course of the torture, they were making these are the these four people, the three 18 year olds and the one 24 year old. They're making so much noise that a neighbor from downstairs comes up and starts complaining, hey, stop making this noise. Well, the, the group becomes outraged at the neighbor and then apparently follows her down the stairs or him down the stairs, kicks in the door of their apartment. Meanwhile, the mentally disabled man is able to escape. Now, the biggest the, the biggest thing that, of course, has caused this story to get all the national attention it's gotten is that the group put at least a portion of this assault, a 30-minute portion of the assault, up on Facebook Live. They live-streamed it, and tens of thousands of people watched it. Now, of course, this raises all sorts of issues where you have Facebook, you know, that, that Facebook would allow... I don't know, a a torture video to be posted, and people ended up watching it. There's apparently another video that is surfacing as well. But this, this case was broken on Tuesday. On Wednesday, the police superintendent, the equivalent of the police chief, goes and does an interview, a press conference, that I think can only be described as incredibly stupid, where he says, well... And he's African-American. He says that we are investigating this. At, we're, you know, we're looking into it, and it's potentially a hate crime, but we don't know. We're trying not to prejudge, blah 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 What? You know, you, you, you have four, you know, African-Americans who are torturing this guy, making racially, you know, hateful statements, and you say you don't know this is a hate crime? Well, the video, of course, has gone, I hate the cliche, but it's gone viral. Video has ended up going viral, and yesterday, in what I think you could argue is a pretty quick turnaround, uh, there have now been a whole a whole bucket load of charges which have been issued against these four thugs, and that's the only way to describe them. They are apparently completely unrepentant. They have confessed to this. I think they're proud of it. You look at the different mugshots, they appear to be proud of what they have done. And so they now have all been arrested, and they will, in fact, be prosecuted. I want to open up the phone lines, 414-799-1620, That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. I have a theory about this. I do not believe, and I'm look, I'm trying not to sell law enforcement short, although, like I say, the police chief's comments I thought were absolutely stupid on Wednesday. If there were not this video, and if the video had not gone viral, and if so many people had not seen the video on social media, I do not believe that we would have these charges today. I'm not saying that there wouldn't have been charges. I'm not saying that there might not have been an investigation. But this is one of these cases where I think it is the video and the fact that so many millions of people saw it and were appropriately outraged by it that forced the hand of the police and forced the hand of the state's attorney's office. 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Toll-Free Talk Line. If it were not for this video, which you have undoubtedly seen, do you believe these four would be 
charged as they were charged and as quickly as they were charged. 414-799-1620-800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. You watch this thing, and it is it is appalling. There, there's just no question about it. And were the situation to be reversed, were this to have been for white people who were doing the same thing to a mentally disabled African-American, um, I, I think there might have been even more outrage. And in that particular case, if you had a police chief who came out at the early stages of the investigation and said, we're not sure whether we have a hate crime or not, that person would have been run out of town on the rails. Let's start with Mike in Whitefish Bay. Mike, good morning. You're on 620 WTMJ. Morning, Jeff. Um, these people are epically stupid for putting this on the, the video. Okay? I don't know why anybody would ever do that, but it. it but of course, you, before they, we start that, before we start the putting it on there, they, they did it in the first place. I mean, that's that. Oh, that's I, the oh, other I, thing. I, you I you want to talk it, about it, animals? It, well, I, I think the whole point of all. I mean, the my p- opinion is this is all part of the Obama legacy. Race relations, I think, are the worst they've ever been. Um, you know, with all the stuff with Ferguson, and that could have been my son with Trevon Martin. I mean, it's it just, and the attacks on the police officers, it, race yeah. relations are horrible. And I, I think that somewhere in these people's twisted mind, they think, wow, oh, this is all part of the, the dialogue. And yeah. You know, it's retribution or whatever, reparations, whatever. Uh, and well, no, they, well, they say that. I mean, on the video, they, they say it. It's it's blank Donald Trump and you know, blank white people. I mean, there, there's no which which makes it all the more amazing that you would have had the police chief on Wednesday, having had a chance to see this video, who would who would say, well, you know, we're going to investigate this. We're not sure whether it's a hate crime or not. What? I mean, yeah, seriously, it, it, it's it's clearly a hate crime. And if this would have been reversed. You know, they would be calling for Justice Department to be doing its investigation and everything else, but it's just a sad legacy, I think. Do these four people, if you're the judge, do they ever see the light of day again? Uh, you know, they're going to get the books thrown at them, and, and they shouldn't see the light of day. Um, and the bigger question is, I mean, how do they get away with this? They're all 18, they're not working, they're driving around in a stolen car. It's yep. just a horrible scenario well no and, and going back you're right mike and thanks for calling and going back to your, your point plus you you put this up on facebook live i mean you are torturing somebody and you put this up on on facebook live and to the extent you know you want to bring in facebook now look i i, I understand the people that are responsible for this are these four animals who were engaged in this activity but you know at Facebook Live, I mean, what what is going to be next, Mark Zuckerberg? I mean, is this going to be a situation where, okay, we're, we're now going to allow, I understand they're trying to push live streaming. It's great. We're going to be live streaming the Weekend Review at, 8, at 1130 this afternoon, this morning. But, you know, what are we going to do? Is it now, you know, we're going to put up, okay, this is a torture scenario. We're going to put this up for tens of thousands of people to watch in live time. I mean, is there nobody at Facebook that is monitoring these type of things and say, hey, we've got something really significant going on and, and maybe, maybe somebody should call the police before somebody ends up dead i'm i'm just saying but the bottom line of all this is were it not for that video going viral were it not for all the public pressure that is being brought i mean i just i have serious doubts as to whether not whether there would have been a prosecution there there would have at some point in time been a prosecution but there wouldn't have been a prosecution as quickly as this this is a situation where, again, it's the social media that I think forced the hand of the cops. It forced the hand of the DA's office, and hopefully it will take four dangerous animals 
and keep them off the streets for a long, long time. 918, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ, coming up in less than three minutes. A local TV station implies that We Energies may be responsible for a death. We'll discuss. Stick around. Last night, I was yelling at the television set. That's not a healthy thing, but I was yelling at the television set. Happened to have Channel 12 on. Don't know why. I watch all the different news channels. So happened to have Channel 12 on. And they did this story about this woman who died. You've perhaps seen it. Um, She lived on, on, on 23rd Street. And the story is how the family had found her dead inside her Milwaukee home. She's 48 years old. The electricity was turned off. The heat had been turned off. The family had not had contact with her for several months. Family had tried. They said, we went over a couple times. We'd knock on the door. We'd tie notes. Um, but, but she wouldn't come to the door or whatever. She suffered from depression. She had cut off ties with us. So we hadn't seen her. But, you know, we, we went over occasionally to check on her. Um, one of the, I think the brother says, we would tie a balloon on her doorknob, put a card in her mailbox. We wanted her to know that someone would care, but she would not re- respond. So they tried to... They said they tried to contact her over the holidays, did not hear back from her. Well, now it turns out they find her. She's passed away in her apartment. The medical examiner is looking at it. They, they'll, they'll come out with a cause of death. But it, she might have been dead for a while. She, she may have been dead for a while. Landlord says she was behind on her, her rent, but she had kind of cut off contact. The utilities were turned off in the apartment. Now, the way the law works in Wisconsin is that from November 1st, I think until April 1st of every year, there is a moratorium. We Energies, any utility company, but let's talk about We Energies, is not allowed to shut off the utility service for non-payment. And this, for some people, I'm talking in generalities now, becomes kind of a game because if you don't pay your cell phone bill, they're going to cut you off. If you don't pay your car bill, it's going to be repossessed. If you don't pay your cable thing, they're going to shut off the cable. So some people play this 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 game. Okay, we can we can stall, we cannot pay the utilities, and we're not going to be accountable for several months. Whereas we'll lose these other things. So it's an it's a game. We Energies always fights this battle because. We Energies wants to be paid. They will work with people to set up payment plans. But a lot of times, during, especially during the moratoriums, they just get blown off. People just say, well, we know they can't turn off the power, so we're not going to, to do this. And it's only when the moratorium gets ready to end and you get the final, okay, now we're going to disconnect, it's April 2nd or whatever, then people call them and they try to arrange payment plans. My experience has been We Energies wants to get their money. They want to work with people to try to keep the, the power on if possible. In this particular case, it appears that, and by the way, once your power has been shut off for non-payment uh, after the moratorium is ended, we Energies is under no obligation to go and turn the power back on unless you contact them and arrange for a payment plan. So, for example, you, you can't run up a huge bill, have the power turned off, and then just expect it automatically to be turned back on. So in this particular case, the apparently the, the utilities had been shut off at some point in time. The woman 
for, again, whatever reasons, and apparently she had some mental health issues, had never contacted We Energies to have the power turned back on. But We Energies is not under any obligation to, to do that. We Energy says, well, we, we did, you know, we, we, we sent a couple notices, but we never heard from this woman, so the power was never turned back on. So as part of this broadcast on Channel 12 last night, well, the, the question, essentially, the implication is that could We Energies have been responsible for th- this this death? So they, they quote, you know, one of the family members' brother is saying, was the cause of the death because We Energies turned off the electricity, or was she just sick and cold on, on top of this? Um, the reporter says, well, we contacted We Energies, and, you know, we, we want to find out, you know, when when they tried to contact her to see if she wanted the power turned on. Um, we Energy says, we do contact people. We give them phone calls. We stop by. We hang information on their doors. But in this case, we never heard from this customer. I want to open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. This is an unfortunate situation. And clearly, you know, anytime you have a death, it is a tragedy. It is unfortunate that this woman died. And, you know, to the extent that being, you know, stuck in a freezing apartment contributed to that, that, that is an unfortunate thing. But under the circumstances, is there any way at all that We Energies has any responsibility for this at all? What do you think? 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. I understand a lot of people don't like utility companies, but in a situation like this, can you blame We Energies? 928, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Darren, downtown. Darren, good morning. You're first. Hey, good morning, Jeff. Uh, yeah, it's a great topic. Uh, yeah, here's my position on it. I think uh, We Energies probably does bear some responsibility. Uh, you know, they're they're an interesting entity. They're uh, it's a non-competitive monopoly that's privately owned, and with that, there's some public you know duty that they have. It's not you know it's it's. I just think that uh, what what if there was you know someone that was mentally incapacitated and they they had some type of life supporting machine that was there and it had to be turned on well but but uh, how did, how does we energies know but that's not what happened i mean how do, how does we yeah. energies know that we energies has a customer the customer doesn't pay their bills the customer gets a notice that you're going to turn off the the service the customer never contacts them family members don't contact them we Energies says that you know we put notices on the door or we make a couple calls. I mean, how is We Energies supposed to? And and what are We Energy? What is We Energy supposed to do if somebody I, doesn't contact them and make arrangements to start making payments? Well, I mean, it's the same case. If someone's you know, obviously this person wasn't mentally capable of like discerning this. They need to send someone out. You know, I mean, it. Yeah, that's that's a lot of responsible to bear, to bear for a a company, but you know. They're also, I mean, We Energies, they're doing fine. Well, yeah, but you, so you, you, money, but, but I'm serious, Darren. You think We Energies every time, every time there's a situation where they disconnect somebody because they didn't pay, you think We Energies is supposed to personally like send out investigators to try to track down, you know, why it is that they didn't pay or what's going on? I think that's fair for a non-competitive business where they, I mean, they basically can charge what they want to charge to anyone. You know, so that yeah, that maybe that's one of the one of the things that that 
That isn't the funnest thing to do, and there's some expense associated with that. But they're in a non-competitive market; they don't have to compete against anyone. Well, but I mean, well, I mean, thanks for calling. But well, they, they, I mean, they can't just charge whatever they want. They've got the utility things. But okay, let, let's use that as a starting point. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. All right, first caller, Darren says, no, this is We Energies bears some responsibility. They turn off the power for non-payment. They never hear anything from the customer. They have an obligation somehow to try to check to see why the person isn't paying. Is that the utility's responsibility? We continue the conversation in just a couple minutes. Right now, it's 931. Let's head to the WTMJ 24-hour newsroom. Here's Jane Matinee. Thank you, Jeff. The temperature at kickoff expected to be a balmy 14 degrees, but if you still want to head to Lambeau for Sunday's game, between the Packers and the Giants, there are still some tickets available. They run between 120 and 150 bucks each through Ticketmaster. Our Packers Day game day coverage starts Sunday at 1 p.m. His aides are working with congressional Republicans on a plan to make sure money is available to build a wall on the Mexican border. Donald Trump still insisting Mexico will pay for it eventually. He tweeted today any money spent by the U.S. on the wall will be for the sake of speed and that Mexico will eventually reimburse the U.S. government. Meanwhile, former Mexican President Vincente Fox says, quote, Trump may ask whoever he wants, but neither myself nor Mexico are going to pay for his racist monument, another promise he can't keep, unquote. Time for the WTMJ Drake and Associates market update at this hour. The Dow is up three at 19,902. The Nasdaq up eight at 5,496. And the S&P is up uh, 0.21 at 2,269. The WTMJ WI, HellaWI.com, time saver traffic. 94 inbound Highway 16 to the Zoo, 11 minutes. The Zoo to the Marquette, 7. 4145 southbound Highway Q to the Zoo, 14. 43 inbound Brown Deer to the Marquette will take you 12. 94 inbound Layton Avenue to the Marquette is a seven-minute ride. Traffic is sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. When you're told you have cancer, start with a team of experts who treat only cancer. Every stage, every day. Learn more at CancerCenter.com slash experts. The WTMJ five-day forecast wind chill advisory in effect for about another half an hour for Sheboygan, Fond du Lac, Dodge, Washington, Ozaki, Waukesha, and Jefferson counties. Otherwise cloudy, a sunny, chilly today, high of nine. Partly cloudy tonight, low zero along the lakefront, four below inland. Tomorrow, sunny, breezy, and cold, high 16. Packer Sunday, sunny, not as breezy, up to 18. Monday, warming up, cloudy skies, some snow showers, high 28. Spring returns on Tuesday, cloudy and mild snow early, changing over to a mixture and then eventually over to rain, a high on Tuesday of 38. In West Dallas, it's 2. In Sheboygan, 2 below. In Milwaukee, we are up to 2 degrees. I'm Jane Matinair, News Radio 620 WTMJ. And I'm Jeff Wagner, one local television station, and our first caller are implying that We Energies may bear some responsibility for the death of this woman in an apartment where the utilities have been turned off for quite a while. Do they have a point? Stick around. It's 936, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. All right, the horrible story that they find this woman, she's dead, 48-year-old woman who apparently had mental health issues. She's dead in this apartment. The utilities have been shut off for quite a while. She had made no arrangements to have them turned back on. The family is saying, well, you know, we're we're wondering, uh, was the cause of death because We Energies turned off the electricity under the law? We Energies, or any utility in Wisconsin, you can't shut off utilities to somebody between November 1st and, I think, April 1st. But after that moratorium, well, you know, they don't just automatically turn the power back on. You have to contact the utility. You have to make arrangements for a payment plan. 
none of that happened. So does We Energy share any responsibility at all for this? And, and by the way, we don't have a final report from the medical examiner, so we don't know whether or not the, the freezing temperatures inside the apartment contributed to this woman's death or, or not. But, but obviously, you know, it, it could not have helped. Sarah in Madison. Sarah, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a landlord, and I've dealt with similar situations, and we deal with Alliant Energy up here. Right. While I feel it's a tragic and a horrible thing, I don't think the electric company has any bearing um, any more than, say, the owner of the property does. Mm -hmm. We can't. There are certain things we can and cannot do. I've had tenants not pay their electric bill. The electric company sends them letters. The electric company goes out and knocks on the door. They take the door. They do everything possible. They legally can't knock the door down and make the person talk to them. If right. the person is refusing contact, they're refusing contact. And I'm, I hate to say this, but some of this would fall back, in my opinion, on family. If you know you've got a family member out there who has issues, you've got to check up on them. We're, uh, Alliant Energy, We Energy, us as landlords, we're not assisted living. We're not their caretakers. Right. You know, it's, it's, uh, I had a situation where I had a tenant who... I knew had a medical condition I wasn't supposed to know about because of HEPA laws, right. but they needed to have the air conditioner going all the time. And the other tenants called me really concerned because this person wasn't using the air conditioner. They also weren't using their rent. I had to get the police to break the door down and let me in, and the guy just didn't want to be bothered. And then it was my fault as being a bad landlord for disturbing his seat. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. yeah. It, it, you're, you're putting too much burden, I believe, where the burden doesn't belong. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I appreciate what you're saying about landlords. And from a utility company, I mean, what is the utility company supposed to do? You know, every year you have thousands of people who, you know, don't pay their bills or whatever. They contact them because, again, the utilities want to be paid. They, they want you to contact them. They want you to work out a payment plan. They want their money. People don't contact them. Can you really investigate these on a one-by-one basis to try to determine why somebody isn't paying it it's it's i mean to me that's like saying to the local grocery store gee somebody's died of starvation why didn't you investigate to determine whether somebody was eating or not it's just not the responsibility of the utility company and and the other thing is too many people don't know this if i have a new resident move in and i would assume we energy is the same way i can't have the power turned on in their name as a landlord that person has to contact and have the power turned on so if the power's been turned off they don't their response is we don't know that that person is even there anymore, yep. so we're not automatically turning it back on for mystery person in the apartment. Yeah, no, you're right, I Miss mean, Sarah. Thank, I mean, see, there, in my opinion, there, there's a lot of failures that, in, that that lead potentially to this tragedy, but but We Energies isn't the one that's responsible for this. I mean, it's not We Energies' responsibility to try to figure out why people are not paying their bills and then to go out and personally investigate these type of things. Now, again, if We Energies is on notice that you've got you know somebody who's on a ventilator or something like that and they've got notice for that, all right, maybe there's special rules to do that, but you know, how many of these situations occur? Let's talk to Michelle and Franklin. Michelle, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was going to say I disagreed with your first caller, and I agree with what you had just said about it cannot be, even though I dislike the utilities company as well, it cannot be their responsibility to make sure people's power goes back on. I think the question is really, is the family trying to ease some of their guilt for, although they went there and left cards and balloons, why did they never call the police and have a wellness check done Mm -hmm. and have someone open that door to see how their loved one was? 
Yeah, appar- apparently they did what, later on, and that's kind of how they they, they found they, they found her. But but you know who knows how long that had been. Yeah, I, and again, I I don't mean to lay blame on the family because it's an unfortunate sort of situation. But sometimes this kind of stuff happens, and and we energies isn't like the free, previous caller Sarah said. We energies isn't isn't a caregiver or a caretaker. They're not a responsible party. They're somebody that they're a utility that sells power. And and if the woman had paid her power and they hadn't turned it back on, paid for it, that might be different. But that's not the case. Correct. Yeah, no, thanks. Again, and, 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 mental health, I was going to say mental health is a horrible thing for a family member um, to watch so. another family member go through. But you do have to help them. And she obviously needed more help than they were giving. Right. And then, so. right. You think, right. Exactly. I mean, and, and again, there seems to be that there's a lot of stuff going on here. And, I'll get it. and at the same time, people all also have the right to disconnect. I mean, not just talking about power. I mean, talking about, you know, disconnect. People have the right to say, okay, I, I don't, I don't want to see these folks. I just, I want to, I, I just want to stay in my apartment or whatever. Now, obviously, you know, this is a situation where it seems like it would have been good for, if there was a basis for it, social services to get involved. And I don't know if there was any information presented to them and those type of things. And, you know, maybe if social services had gotten involved, they would have seen this is obviously somebody who's in need of some sort of maybe commitment or whatever, even though that's tough. But to try to lay blame on the utility seems to me to be really just misplaced. Matthew in Sussex. Matthew, good morning. You're at 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Uh, I, I believe it's not uh, uh, We Energy's fault either. I, I agree with the last call of the call. You know, when my mother was alive, she was, she was homebound. And if I went there even one day and she wouldn't answer the door, I would have called the police. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, right. You, you just, and again, you, you know, you, you never know what the family dynamics are. And, and I appreciate you've got a family that's grieving. And I don't want to pile on to this. But, right. but because sometimes... Even in the best of cases, you know, people, like I say, they have they have disconnected. They've punched out. They want nothing to do. And there's with and if they're an adult, there's just limitations as to what anybody can do if they want to be in that situation. But you can't turn around and then say, okay, something bad has happened. Let's blame a utility company because, you know, because somebody didn't pay their power bill and you didn't turn the utilities back on. It's whichever fault it is. It's not we energies. The problem, too, is so many people are, are playing the system. Oh, and how does we energies right. know what's going on? Like you're saying, yeah, that that, that and I mean, thanks to see that that's an ongoing problem that they have, and I'm not suggesting that happened in this case, but it is an ongoing problem that occurs this time every year. And if you talk to people at We Energies, they'll tell you. That, and I'm not arguing against the you know the moratorium. I, I understand why we have that, but there are some people, a percentage of the people who do that, who game the system. They realize, like I was saying a couple minutes ago, you don't pay your cell phone bill, they're going to shut off the cell phone. You don't pay the cable bill or the direct TV bill or whatever, that's going to shut, get shut off. You don't pay your car payments, it's going to get repoed. So you, you say, all right, well, during the winter, I have to make these payments. I've got X amount of dollars. I'm, I'm not going to pay the utilities. And then that's what happens is a lot of times in the spring, then there's a huge rush. They start getting all these calls from people who are making you know payment plans. It I'm not suggesting that happened in this case. This sounds like a much more significant case. But, I mean, We Energies doesn't have – it's enough time and resources spent on trying to track down, you know, and get money out of the people who have decided for whatever reasons that they're not going to pay. That's enough of a problem, much less say, okay, we're going to take the utility and we're now going to turn it into a social services agency. I mean, really. Again, I just – it's an unfortunate situation. Seriously, my heart goes out to the family here, but – 
but you know the, the news reports the channel 12 saying we're, we're going to keep calling we energies what are you calling we energies for this isn't we energies problem for goodness sakes it's 9:47. jeff wagner 620 wtmj coming up in about 15 minutes i call it dealer's choice it is my my favorite maybe the most talkable topic of the day and uh, we'll tee that up right after the 10 o'clock news uh, today's topic is something that has the potential to affect most if not all of us and it's a decision that's going to have to be made in the relatively near future let me let me completely and totally switch gears because my, my friends I have I have amused them I have amused them and they keep saying you got to tell the story on the radio and think what the audience is going to say. So this is a completely shift of gears. And if you are a regular listener, you know that um I, I have a little dog. Um she's about a year and a half old now. She gets me up at two o'clock in the morning pretty much regularly, and then I get her up now at six and you know, we we go out for the walks. One of the things that I believe is is you're going to be a responsible dog owner. You have to clean up after your dog. There is nothing that I find to be more disgusting than, you know, you, you walk outside and there's some dog that has left their remains of whatever in front of your house or whatever, and they've not cleaned it up. I think that that, that is absolutely incredibly rude, and I think it is irresponsible. Now, I have a little dog, and, you know, my little dog, the, the droppings aren't, you know, that much, but still, they, they are dropping. So, this is a true story. I, I do not go anywhere without, and now I'm reaching into my right jeans pocket, and I, go, I do not go anywhere without one of these little purple doggy bags, and I'm showing this to my producer, Hondo, and to um, and this little, like, blue rag, one of these like, little cloth-in-a-box things, these rags in a box, so when Sasha does her thing, all right, I, I am all set, because I'm not going to leave droppings behind. So, the other day, I'm out taking her out for, for her walk, and she decides that she is going to do her business, and because... I had changed pants or something. I reach into my pocket, and I have—I do not have my little doggy bag, and I do not have my little rag. I, I got nothing. And I'm not, like, right in front of the house. I'm kind of uh, around the block. I'm a ways from, from where I live. We are a ways from home, and she decides to do her business. So she's now done her business. And there's, there's, this was back when there was a little bit more snow on the ground. So there's snow on the ground. I reach into my pocket. Okay, I don't have the doggy bag. Um, I don't have Kleenex. I don't, I have nothing. I have no, I have nothing, nothing at all. And I'm standing there and I'm, I'm kind of looking at this. So there's a few choices I have. So one is, I guess I could kind of leave it. Um, the other choice is I could kind of like try to bury it in a snowbank and pretend that it's not there. But those are things that I do not think responsible people do. So I'm thinking, what is the situation? I guess I could try to leave it, take her home, and, and come back and try to find it again. But again, we're not right in front of the house or the next-door neighbors. I mean, I'm, I'm a ways away from home. So I'm wrestling with all these different types of things. And I'm also thinking, all right, there could be somebody out there with one of these cameras just watching the radio guy that's on TV. So what is my solution? What do I do to this particular thing? Because I, I need something to, to pick this up. Well, I do have my wallet. And I reach into my wallet, and I have a single. And so I use the single to scoop up whatever. Um, And then all the way back, I'm thinking, is it really come to this, that I'm using a single to do this. Now, I'm glad because right now, for example, I only have 20s in my wallet. So I, but I had a single at the time, so I have the, the dollar bill. 
I was able to pick it up, but I've been telling people stories about this over the last two weeks since this happened. And almost everybody looks at me and says, you really use the dollar to clean up after your dog? I said, well, what are my choices? All right. I got to believe that maybe you have been faced with something like this and maybe you have a better idea. Just one segment quick. 414-799-1620, 800-877-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage toll-free talk line. All right. Dog owners of Wisconsin, how do you deal with this situation. My guess, and again, it's my fault. I wasn't prepared. I went out without the wherewithal to clean up after her. I was trying, I just, it happened. I kind of panicked and I thought the only thing I'm going to do is I got a dollar bill. So that was a very expensive, you know what, but how do you deal with stuff like that? How would you have dealt with something like that? Do you just kick it into the snowbank? Do you just kind of walk away and pretend it didn't happen? I didn't feel right about that. 414-799-1620 is the number. Hondo is lining up the calls. How do you handle it? We discuss in two minutes. If you're on the line, please hold on. 954, Jeff Wagner, 620 WTMJ. Of all the things we talk about today, this is the one I'm going to get the most emails on. True story. A couple weeks ago during the break, I'm taking my little dog for a walk. We're we're a ways away around from around from the house. She does her business. I have forgotten to take the, the doggy bags and stuff. I, I don't have Kleenex. I don't have anything. So I'm standing there. You know, I, I could leave it. I could try to kick it into a snowbank. I, 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 I'm trying to think, okay, I'm not going to do that. I reach into my wallet. I had a single. I scoop it up with the single. And, and no, afterwards, I didn't repurpose the single. Um, I was telling that to some of my colleagues who were just kind of like shaking their heads saying, is that, that the best solution you could come up with? 414-799-1620. Yeah, that's the best I could come up with. Sue in Milwaukee. Sue, you're first. Good morning. Hey, Jeff. So that is my biggest pet peeve. I have two really big dogs, and a dollar bill would never <laughs> do it for me. No way. Okay. So I live in the suburbs. And I have before been caught in a situation where now, what do I do? Right. I've gone up to people's doors, and I'll ring the doorbell, and I'll ask for a bag and ask <laughs> for somebody to save me so that I can pick this up and take it with me. <laughs> right. And I would imagine that people are glad to hear that, you know, that, that you're oh. at least, I mean, I, I'm just imagining that you knock on somebody's door, excuse me, my dog just did a number <laughs> in front of your house, and can you help me pick it up? That, that must be an interesting conversation. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. It's always interesting. But but you got to pick it. But right, that's. But I mean, the bottom line is, you wouldn't just leave it. No way. Yeah. No. no, no thank, right. Thank. Now again, in my right, I I didn't think if I had a bigger dog than a pomeranian, would I, <laughs> what I, what what would I have done? A, a dollar bill was perfectly fine for my case. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Henry in Menominee Falls. Henry, you're on six twenty WTMJ. Uh, good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Henry. I did the same thing that the lady did uh, when it happened to me, and I I walked two walked two chocolate labs. Okay, <laughs> they're both titled hunting dogs. They were titled uh, therapy dogs, and uh, people in the neighborhood knew me. Right, there was no problem taking care of this. Right, but my problem was how to deal with people who dump whose dogs dumped on my lawn. Right, didn't pick it up. Yeah, see, I I think thank, I mean see I would never thanks I would never I would never ever do that. I think that that's an irresponsible thing as a pet owner. And so, you know, in this particular case, I know people kind of smile be, and, and a dollar worked. And I, I guess for all the expenses the dogs cost, a, a, a dollar here or there doesn't mind. But it is, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, if I'm on YouTube, this is going to be, oh, this is the guy on the radio. He's reaching in his wallet. He's pulling out. So it's, that's a bill he's pulling out to scoop that up. But I felt better about it. Colleen in West Dallas. Colleen, you're on 620 WTMJ. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Jeff. 
Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> In my neighborhood, we have a couple people who are so irresponsible, never pick up after their dogs. Yeah, it's horrible. But I, I'm never, I honestly can see I've never been in that position uh, in the five years that I've owned my dog. I invested in one of these, uh, it's a, a tube. Maybe right, the, the, one of those things you put on the leashes and stuff, exactly, huh? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I I keep that one full all the time, so I'm always <laughs> I'm always prepared. Well, I, thanks. I mean, if, if it were happening to me on a regular basis, I might. This was this was kind of a, a one, one-time thing. Karen and Mequon. Karen, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Um, what I would do, I think, is what everyone else was saying was go to the neighbor's house and ask for a baggie. <laughs> but X marks the spot. So mark the spot somehow where Sasha did her business at <laughs> her home and go back and pick it up. Yeah, I, if I did. So you would, you would have done that instead of just reaching into your wallet and pulling out the dollar bill. Well, I don't carry my wallet. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they, 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 no, I, I get to be to be truthful with you. I mean, thanks for you're right. You could mark the thing to be truthful with you. I mean, again, we were a, way, a little bit of ways away from the house. It was just I, I waste dollar bills and all sorts of stuff. It, it was a good investment for a dollar, but that's how I hand it. Jane Matinere, you're smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> As you said, I can hear all the comments coming in. That radio guy has yeah. got so much money, he uses money to pick up after his dog. Yeah, that's well, well, it wasn't that case. And when, well, again, now, see, the interesting thing would have been, a lot of times, like I say, I've only got $20 bills in my wallet right now, not that many of them, but I've got a couple. I don't have singles. If if I had been in a situation where I only had 20s, would I have done it with 20s? I don't know. Then I, then, then I might have paused. But, okay, well, you, you're, I mean, you ever had this happen to you? I, I have, and I actually did walk back. Okay, you will. With, with a bag, because he'll surprise me. I always take one bag, and then right. he'll surprise oh. me, and it's a two-bag walk. You know, it's like I wasn't planning on that. And I, I have also been known I will poop shame people. So if, I'm, if I've been at dog parks before and right. their, their dog leaves something, and I'll say, do you need a baggie? Because I have one. It's right here. Right here it is, yes. You betcha. Poop shaming. Poop shaming. Okay. Yes. I'll have to, well, That's part of our responsibility well, as we'll dog owners. It, uh, it, it's infuriating, no. and it gives all of us a bad name. Absolutely. So just so you know, if you see some idiot out there with a dollar bill, <laughs> it's me because I don't want Jane Matinere poop shaming me. <laughs>